Welcome in. It is Unleashed, a crazy day in the NFL. Anything you want to talk about with the live chat, but we'll start it off with a crazy day. Quarterbacks, Robbie Gold, Brock Purdy, Derrick Henry, Tom Brady coming back, Geno Smith, Derek Carr. We got a ton of stuff. Let's go. What's happening? Thanks for joining us. Appreciate it. Unleashed, Barry, a sports talk with me, John Lund from KMBR Radio in San Francisco. If you are new to the YouTube channel, thank you so much for tuning in. Always appreciate it. Do not take your time for granted ever. Thank you so much. Please hit the subscribe button. Tell all your friends. We do live chats when you need them, and there was so much in the NFL, we need them. We put out uh, new shows Monday through Friday. Love for you to interact on the chat line. If you're watching it live, just put it in the chat, and we'll talk about it. You don't have to agree with me. That's fine. It's an open forum to discuss everything. We don't just have to talk NFL today. We can talk about Steph Curry. We can talk about the Warriors. We can talk about John Morant. We can get anything. But I am going to go heavy on the NFL today because there are a lot of things going on, including a date for Brock Purdy's surgery, Robbie Gold. I think it's a cat and mouse game. We can get into that. But the quarterbacks, tomorrow is deadline for uh, putting the tag on players. And so we got Lamar Jackson. Geno Smith got a deal done. Derek Carr got a deal done. We're shopping guys. The Rams are, are getting torn apart. All these different things are going on in the NFL, and it's really what the greatness of the NFL is and what they have done is they have made uh, the offseason for the NFL almost as entertaining and at times more entertaining than what the regular season is. It is the ultimate soap opera if you're a fan and they do it every you know it's the way that it's just laid out every Sunday even during the season it's like a soap opera you got the whole week to talk about it but the offseason is bananas they just finished the combine which I watched all weekend long so if you got any questions there I can answer probably for you it's real dorky but I do it but anyway welcome in appreciate it thank you for hanging out on the YouTube channel please subscribe if you're uh, watching or listening later on the podcast wherever you get your favorite podcast we have the podcast version of the show as well Apple, Spotify, wherever you get your favorite podcasts. And, of course, you can listen to me with the voice of the 49ers, Greg Papa, weekdays, Monday through Friday from 10 a.m. to 2 p.m. And I was down at Levi's Stadium today. I had an eye procedure. Uh, all is well. Man, speaking of eye procedure, my the hair is not good today. Anyway, it's a Monday, so what can you do? But anyway, questions, comments, appreciate it. Daniel, great to have you in. Thank you. And back right back at you, man. Happy Monday. I hope everybody had a great weekend. I did. Uh, weather held up pretty good. Uh, my son is back from college, so we were hanging out a little bit. So uh, things are good. Watch the Combine. Tons of NBA action. So, again, uh, emphasis tonight on the NFL just because i got a ton of NFL stuff to throw at you. But if you want to talk some Warriors, if you want to hit up on Steph Curry, if you want to talk about the Lakers game, we can do that as well. Open forum. Talk about whatever you want. Throw me your questions, comments, thoughts, any of those things. So let me get you caught up on the NFL, and then we can discuss anything there. And you can see under NFL News there, Carr, Geno, Brady, Lamar, Jimmy G, that's your quarterbacks. I could have made that easy. The Rams tear down, Derrick Henry, Brock, Gold, all those kind of things. So let's start with the 49ers because that's what you probably care about most. You probably know this by now, but I'll give it to you anyway. Mike Silver reported today in the Chronicle and then later uh, reiterated or kind of changed it up a little bit. Originally, he was talking about Wednesday as the uh, surgery date for Brock Purdy originally set for February 22nd, did meet with the Texas Rangers doctor in Arizona. Brock is from Arizona. You know that. The doctor was down there for spring training with the Rangers. They met. Uh, I'm assuming in that meeting that the swelling had gone down enough for him to have the surgery, which is now going to be Friday. Now, I'm not overly worried about the surgery itself. It continues to sound like it's going to be the three-month re, uh, 
of recovery, three months of rehab for six months. Math is not my strong suit. You all know that if you've watched or if you've watched the YouTube channel or listened to the uh, to the show with any regularity. Uh, but I can do this math. The 10th is Friday. March 10th is Friday. When does the NFL season open? I heard you just ask that. Glad you asked. September 10th is the first Sunday. Now, if you play on that Thursday, that's September 7th. The Eagles are, or excuse me, the Chiefs are going to play somebody, and it's not going to be the 49ers. So they're going to play on September 10th. Exactly six months to the day that Brock Purdy is going to get his surgery done, hopefully. If they don't have another delay, six months to the day, and that's supposedly the best-case scenario for Brock Purdy. So let's stop there for a second because you know this as well as I do. It's not going to go without a hitch. The 49ers are not going to rush their 23-year-old quarterback who they like a lot. So the chances of Brock Purdy playing in week number one are slim and none. So he's not going to play week one. Probably won't play week two. I mean, I'm just – the way that things go nowadays, if you say six months, that's best-case scenario. And, again, I'm not talking about – I'm not going to get into the whole if they find this, if they have to do Tommy John. You and I have had that discussion together a million times. So let's just for the sake of this conversation tonight say that he gets the surgery done. It's six months. It's what it's supposed to be. Even under a perfect case scenario, which surgeries aren't, even under a perfect case scenario, the 49ers are not going to rush him back to play that week number one because it's six months of the day of the surgery. I just don't see it. In fact, I think probably the first two, three weeks, even month for Brock Purdy under that scenario. And again, if you're just joining us, thanks for joining us. The YouTube channel, John Lund Unleashed, Barry is Sports Talk. John Lund from KBR Radio in San Francisco. Brock Purdy's surgery is going to be on Friday. That, according to reports, six months to the day. That's March 10th, first Sunday of September 10th, 9 minus 3, 6. Wow, how about that math? Six months to the day. I don't think we'll see Brock Purdy for the first two or three weeks of the season, which makes things really juicy because he wouldn't have worked with everybody. That's going to be Trey Lance. He's going to be healthy enough. Is Trey Lance going to take guys down to San Diego or Florida or wherever the case may be and throw with them? Absolutely is. He's going to do what he did last offseason, which is to say this is my team now, and he's got to try to get the job away from Brock Purdy. Of course he is. Now, in your mind, and I, I'm anxious to know your opinion on this because to me, I love Brock Purdy. I'm not down on Brock Purdy. The injury doesn't change a lot for me. You know, they, it, Modern medicine is fine. It's just I, I, I don't think you give him the job just outright. There's a reason why you pick Trey Lance. We keep making this comp of Jalen Hurts his first couple years in the league. He wasn't great, but he gives you that element like Hurts. He's not as good of a runner, but he gives you the element like Hurts where he can run it, he can pass it, and that's what everybody wants nowadays. So I don't think you completely say Brock Purdy right when he comes back gets the job. Now, Trey Lance is probably going to have, I think, two, three weeks, two, three regular season games to say, you guys got to really consider me for the job. And what if he comes back to – Let's say it's three or four weeks. Let's say he comes back to three and one, four and zero, oh, and Trey Lance is playing great. I mean, that's the best case scenario for you as a 49ers fan because now you got two really good quarterbacks. To me, that's the best case scenario because the whole time, and it's nothing against Brock Purdy, but if you think that Brock Purdy should get the job just outright for what he did, ask yourself this one question: If you rank the quarterbacks right now, and I'm not a big rank or list guy, but if you did, what's Brock Purdy? 15, 20 in the league, probably. There's a lot of good quarterbacks, so he's like 15 or 20. Well, that's kind of what Jimmy Garoppolo was. And I'm not saying that Brock Purdy doesn't have upside. I'm not one of those guys. You know, he's this, he's that. He's Mac Jones, he's Jimmy Garoppolo. Just because he has not the athletic traits of some of the top quarterbacks in the league, it doesn't mean he can't be that. Ask Montana, ask Brady, ask Breeze, ask any of these guys who have been really successful in their career. 
and they're not exactly you know running a Anthony Richardson four four three. I think he still has upside. I think he can get better. There's no question. But Trey Lance is going to have an opportunity. So that's number one on the list. Friday, the surgery, March 10th. First Sunday of the NFL season, September 10th. Exactly six months. I don't see them pushing or rushing Brock Purdy. That's just not what teams do nowadays, and especially the 49ers don't. Uh, Daniel says it's financially possible for the 49ers to extend Bosa and sign a star defensive tackle like Javon Hargrave. Yes, it is. Glad you asked. Uh, Daniels, uh, Niners are stuck with Kinlaw for another year. Brutal. Yeah, they probably are. Although, look, this isn't the type of franchise that's just going to hand out playing time. And if you don't think that he's going to make your team or something, they might trade Javon Kinlaw. But yeah, there's going to be a hit there. Uh, I've made my opinion on Kinlaw known with his knee injury. He's just not going to ever be the player to be able to live up to where he was picked. That just is what it is. I would take a rotational defensive tackle that didn't get blown out of the gaps like he did against Philadelphia. I would take that. A rotational defensive tackle at this point, I would take. I don't even know if he's going to be able to be that. Uh, As far as the extension of Bosa, that's actually going to create cap space. Uh, They can also rework contracts. I expect possibly Kittle, possibly Armstead, guys with big cap numbers coming up this season to potentially do that. And it just came out today that the 49ers have the, I believe, third most uh, space. Now, not everybody starts, like you say, okay, the – the cap is $216 million or $222 million or whatever it is. And then they add, you know, savings from the last year and they do all this kind of math. And the 49ers have $237 million, not of cap space, but that's their number for the season, which is the third most in the league. And we know this. I'm sure you do, but I'll repeat it for those in the back. Parag Marathe is one of the best manipulators, uh, soothers, uh, massagers of the salary cap in all of the NFL. So, What's going to happen here to me, and we talked about this the other day with Khalil Mack, I don't expect Khalil Mack to be released. Now, Frank Clark is going to be released. Does that do anything for you? Because to me, the 49ers know this better than anybody else. They're in a Super Bowl window. And just like we're seeing with the Rams today, and we can transition over to that conversation, Jalen Ramsey apparently is on the block. Uh, They've already released Bobby Wagner. Uh, Allen Robinson, the wide receiver, was a complete bust with him, came over from the Bears. He is free to seek his own trade, according to reports today. Leonard Floyd is going to be released. But you know what? To me, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, you can say, are you insane? I'd rather have a Super Bowl win like the Rams got, not this year, but last year. And then I got to tear my team apart, I don't know, 15 months later, than I would just making the playoffs every year and winning 10 games and getting knocked out in the first or second round. I just, the goal is to win a championship. They went all in. They put their chips in the middle of the table. They've got the championship, and now they're probably going to have to retool at some point. The Eagles have a ton of free agents, especially on the defensive line and in the secondary. They're pro- you know, I don't know that they're going to drop to the level of the Rams because Jalen Hurts, and they- they've still got a ton of talent on that team, but they have an older team. Maybe Jason Kelsey comes back, maybe he doesn't. You know what I'm talking about. They have good receivers in A.J. Brown, and we saw Devontae Smith, but they're going to take a hit. It looks like uh, Miles Sanders is going to leave. That's what happens when you're a Super Bowl champion. You can't keep everybody together. But I'd rather just try to win a championship. My point in saying all that, and then I'll get out, get out to some more questions, and thanks for hanging out on the uh, YouTube channel tonight. My point in saying that is the 49ers know how close they are to a championship. So they've got to get the, the situation rectified at the quarterback position. They've got to get Brock pretty healthy and or Trey Lance has got to ball out at the beginning of the season and try to steal the job. But if you look at that defensive line, they know that's where they, they got why they got to the Super Bowl in 2019. I mean, there are other reasons, but that was dominant. And we saw what the Eagles' defensive line did to the 49ers. 
and we saw what the offensive line of the Chiefs did in the Super Bowl to neutralize that defensive line. The 49ers are going to – this is going to be a trenches offseason for the 49ers. They've got all the skill position players. They've got the linebackers. They've got to retool a little bit in the secondary, but if they keep Emmanuel Sanders – and I'll pop something up on the screen for you in just a second – I'll give you my uh, humble opinion on who's staying, who's going, and who's a maybe. I got red lights, yellow lights, and green lights. I'll give it to you in a second. But they know they're close. So they'll massage the cap best they can. If it's Frank Clark, I expect him to be interested. If if for some reason it was Khalil Mack, I expect him to be interested. Anybody who's going to help, especially in the trenches, the 49ers are going to call. And you know this as well as I do. They'll be aggressive. They're not afraid. They tried to get Mack once. I don't think he's getting released. Frank Clark is going to get released, and I'm not saying Frank Clark is what he once was, but that's something that the 49ers, I'm sure, will look at, so we'll get into that conversation in a minute. Any questions, comments, thoughts, uh, that's what's going on as far as the 49ers. Uh, let me give you Robbie Gold, and then I'll get up to some questions. Uh, Robbie Gold's situation, and Pop and I talked to him from training camp about three years ago, and he's a real, um, I'm not going to call him arrogant, he is certainly cocky, he believes in who he is and what he is, and John Lynch kind of at the combine said, hey, we're looking at kickers. Now, you know this as well as I do because you've been watching the game a long time. This is just chess of the offseason. John Lynch says that he's looking at kickers. Robbie Gold says, I'm not going back to San Francisco. Guess what? Robbie Gold had a, a, a slight holdout a few years ago. He ended up kicking for the 49ers because they came to his number. I and mean, this is how things work. He said back then, you know, my family, this, that, and the other. The Niners got to his number. He came back. So I'm not saying Robbie Gold's staying. I'm not saying Robbie Gold's going. What I'm saying is Robbie Gold said he's leaving. That's not necessarily the case. The 49ers, right now, the top kickers in the league make about five-plus million dollars a year. Justin Tucker makes six, but most of the top kickers make in the five range. And because Robbie Gold is 40 years old and has limited range, he's not going to kick anything probably over 53 yards unless there's a big-time wind. But he's going to hit everything. He's never missed an extra point or field goal in the postseason. So he's very valuable for a team that is where the 49ers are. Robbie Gold isn't for everybody, but Robbie Gold is for a really good team that needs to make key kicks down the stretch and into the playoffs. So I, I don't think Robbie Gold is gone. I'd probably call it 50-50, but this is just posturing back and forth. So this is the game of chess in the offseason. So you're hearing, oh, Robbie Gold's gone. What do we do? Well, hang on a minute. I don't think that ship has sailed quite yet. So we'll get into the rest of the stuff. We'll get into the Rams teardown. I put D. Henry there. I gave you Brock. Next Friday is supposed to be the um, the surgery, the Robbie Gold. I just went over, and we're going to go over who signed today and some of the rumors that happened along the NFL. But let's get out to some stuff. Hi, Mark. Uh, all the doctors and athletes have had this to say. The athlete actually comes out with more strength and velocity after the surgery. Yeah, it depends, Mark. Um, if it's a full-blown Tommy John, then yeah. We've seen pitchers do this all the time. Uh, I talk, We talked to Brock Purdy from the Super Bowl, and, and Brock said the same thing. Uh, that he does expect it to, to potentially be, you know, better than it was before. Uh, hi, Raymix Channel. Uh, stunned by the Brock's arm strength is going to be worse now narrative. Completely inaccurate, as you're pointing out. Uh, it's, not in, it's not accurate to say that Brock Purdy's uh, arm strength is going to be uh, hurt by this. Uh, Nick Mullins had the three-month, six-month, which they hope they find when they open up. His arm strength isn't deteriorated. Uh, Drew Brees had a major injury. That was more of a shoulder injury. His isn't deteriorated. We're talking about a doctor here that does this surgery on baseball players, on pitchers all the time. This is a top-notch surgeon that they uh, that they made sure they did their research on, both the Niners and the Purdy's. Remember his dad, Sean, played baseball. 
uh, knows people within it. They are not. This kid's 23 years old, and this is why I go back to the fact they're not rushing Brock Purdy. All right, even though we're looking at the timeline and we're saying, okay, it's March 10th, September 10th is the first Sunday of the NFL season. That's six months. They say it's six months. They're not rushing him back. I don't think he's going to play the first month of the season. I think that they're going to get him. You know, it just it doesn't make a lot of sense. You're not going to rush your 23-year-old quarterback who you found in the seventh round and rush him back, which gives Trey Lance an, abs- uh, an absolute opportunity to take the job. But uh, the, any kind of narrative that says that Brock Purdy's arm strength is going to be worse, at least from what I've heard, what I've read, who I've talked to, that's not the case. And especially if they have to go in there and do Tommy John, you know baseball. A lot of baseball pitchers come back, and it's even stronger. This is not something you want to do all the time. Hey, you know what? I want my arm to be stronger. Can you give me TJ? Can you give me some sort of an arm surgery? You don't want to do that. But from what I've been told, it's, that's not going to be an issue. It's not going to be an issue that, that uh, it's going to be less of an arm strength. Uh, arm strength is going to be an issue. I don't think so. I think in beat the six month, Jake DeLome. We had Jake DeLome on our show, absolutely. And much more modern medicine has me leaning that way. I'd like to see a competition, though. Thanks, Mark. Um, now, Jake DeLome's was a little bit different. We talked to him right after this happened. What Jake DeLome's deal was, and this is a lot of times what happens with a, with a pitcher in these situations, is that it's like a tire tread and it wears out, right? And that's what happened to Jake DeLome. He, it was like a swing pass, he was saying, and it finally just gave out. This is not what happened with Brock Purdy. This thing was hit by force and snapped. So, and again, I'm look, I'm not John Lynch here, but until they get in there, they're not going to know, but they're they're very optimistic that it's going to be the three-month, the six-month, where they have the brace. It's much like what happened with Nick Mullins. So if that can be the case, that's great. I'm simply telling you that my experience in this whole thing is, especially now with modern-day athletes, you can, you know, Steph Curry, Jay, you know, all these guys. Now, I get it. When they're healthy, they're healthy. But they're going to be very, very, very careful. And I don't know what, you know, the confidence level in Trey Lance, I'll be 100% honest with you, um, behind the scenes, I don't think is very high. But he can have a great offseason. Um, they can play the first few games with Brock Purdy. They'd much rather play with Trey Lance and a veteran backup. And you'll know, by the way, you know how at the end of a surgery, everybody says, oh, very successful. I have never heard ever in my entire career doing in this business have having somebody say at least publicly that was the worst surgery ever that was a terrible surgery oh my god that surgery i don't know if this guy's ever gonna come back that was the worst surgery i've ever seen nobody says that everybody says successful great off awesome that's what everybody says you just don't know and what how you will know is how aggressive they are in going after a veteran quarterback so are you going after i don't know i'm just throwing a name out there are you going after Baker Mayfield, or you're going after, you know, Tom Brady. I mean, <laughs> there's a big difference. It's like, no, everything's fine. We signed Tom Brady, but everything is fine. And I'm not saying that Brady is coming back, although on the Rich Eisen show today, uh, there is uh, Rich Eisen did say, don't completely close the door on Tom Brady, and I'll get to quarterbacks in just a second because there's a lot of quarterback news today. But he said, don't close the door on Brady, but what he means, what he said was, Watch for Miami because Tua's concussions, uh, where the Dolphins are, they want to win now. They feel like they have a win-now roster. Brady's kids are on the East Coast. So for everybody like myself and Mike Florio and people who keep bringing up Brady to the Niners, look, I don't have any insight into that thing. Maybe it could happen. But it's more likely everybody in the league feels this way, all the quote-unquote insiders and so forth. The buzz is more if Brady came back, it'd be Miami. And therefore, he could be on the East Coast where his kids are and where they are growing up. 
All right, give me your thoughts. It is Unleashed, Barry of Sports Talk with me, John Lund, KBR Radio in San Francisco. Please hit the subscribe button. Also, if you're listening later, make sure on the podcast, Apple, Spotify, wherever you get your favorite podcast. If you're watching on the YouTube channel, like, what, you have a, you have a podcast? Yeah, we podcast the show on Apple, Spotify, wherever you get your favorite podcast. So just search John Lund Unleashed. Thank you for hanging out on a Monday. Monday, yeah, it's Monday. Thanks for hanging out on a Monday edition. Tons of news in the NFL. I'll get to a couple more questions. And then we're going to get over to some quarterback news that we found, that we found out today. Uh, Mark says, I love the Frank Clark angle. Uh, Frank Clark is one. And, and again, it comes down to the fact that how much money do these guys want? Because I think the 49ers will be aggressive. But if Frank Clark is looking for a $20 million payday, then Frank Clark's not coming to the 49ers. Now, if he'll play for a reasonable number because he wants to win, and Clark came into the league with the Seahawks, was very successful. Uh, went over the Chiefs in a trade. And remember, that whole thing was put into motion because the Chiefs were changing their defense. They wanted bigger, more stout defensive ends. So guess what happened? D. Ford was available. The 49ers signed him. Ugh. Didn't work out so well. Frank Clark went from the Seahawks to the Chiefs. The, Chief, the Seahawks got picks. Frank Clark, uh, two-time Super Bowl winner with the Chiefs. Now, he's not putting up 10 and 12 and 14 sacks like he did with the Seahawks. But he's a stout run defender on the end. He'll give you eight or nine sacks. And more importantly to me, he's a legitimate threat off of uh, Nick Bosa. And if you start, now we're talking 2019 again, because if it's Frank Clark on one side, Nick Bosa on another, Eric Armstead in the middle, a serviceable or at least a good rotation for the defensive tackles. And we'll, I'm going to pop that thing up, I promised for you, in just a second. I know I think is coming back and who's not. But now you're cooking with gas again, and now the defense can do the type of things that we that we saw in 2019. But they have got to get somebody opposite Nick Bosa. My crush, which I think is going to be far too expensive, and yes, it's very risky because he doesn't stay healthy, is Marcus Davenport of the Saints. Came out of UT San Antonio. So did Tariq Woolen. So did uh, Burford. You know, he's he is six foot seven. He's two sixty. He's like he's he's a guy out of Central Casting. And when he's been on the field, he's been really good. He was like the 13th or 14th overall pick by the Saints a few years ago. He's a free agent. He's only 27 years old, but he can't stay healthy. Uh, ever heard that one before? So 49ers fans are probably vomiting right now into their garbage cans going, Lund, I don't want anything to do with injured guys. I get it. I do. But that guy across from Bosa, that's a double-digit sack guy just by the fact that you're getting the remnants that Nick forces your way. And if that guy's healthy, he's, he is good but he's not healthy. And then I saw numbers he was going to cost, you know, 20 million bucks. He's they're not getting they're not getting a 20 million dollar guy opposite Nick Bosa. That's not happening. Uh Mark Robbie's an absolute stud. I love him, but he's limited past 50 yards kickers now to be able to nail those long ones. Absolutely. Uh look, Robbie can get out to about 53. Uh Robbie probably doesn't want to kick off anymore. He'd gladly come back to the 49ers if the starting number started at 5 million instead of 4 million. Uh, this is posturing back and forth, but you know what? Maybe the 49ers are looking at their situation and saying, you know what? We're going to start over at the position. It's risky. When you're a championship team, and we know what those things meant, you know, k- getting the kicks in Green Bay. Robbie's never missed a postseason field goal or extra point. I mean, it's massive. But you have a good point, which is he's not going to hit the long ones, but he is going to hit the ones he's supposed to hit when he's supposed to hit them, and that's a massive thing. Now, do you want to pay $5 million for that? Or do you want to come out? And I was talking about this today on the show. I know people are going to laugh, but like Chase McLaughlin, who kicked that one in the in the tunnel against the Seahawks a few years ago, he had a really nice year for the Indianapolis Colts. I mean, are you going to get a veteran guy like that? Probably not, because you remember the tunnel play, and you're like, no, no, no. 
And then we're talking about guys like Jake Moody out of Michigan. Georgia had a nice kicker this year. Do you trust a rookie? I know the Bengals had one in the Super Bowl a couple years ago, and he was really, really good, but that's kind of not the norm. Do you want it? Okay, we're in the playoffs. It's the NFC Championship game. You're down two. It's a 51-yarder. you trust a rookie, or do you trust Robbie Gold? Yeah. $5 million would probably be good spent in that situation. So that's all I'm saying. Maybe it's a, maybe he's got a bigger leg. Maybe he's, eventually he's going to be a better kicker. They're in a championship window now. So all right, give me your thoughts. Give me some thoughts on uh, whatever it is you want to talk about today. And, again, we don't have to stick to the NFL. It's just tons happened today. Uh, I put in the NFL news there, Carr, Gino, Brady, Lamar, Jimmy G. So let me go through that. Derek Carr signs a four-year, $150 million contract with the Saints today. Uh, $60 million at signing, $72 million uh, guaranteed for Derek Carr. I think it's a hell of a contract. To be honest with you, I think he's a little better than Jimmy Garoppolo, but not a ton, and Jimmy's not getting that deal. Uh, that's Dennis Allen vouching for Derek Carr. He was Derek's first coach, of course, with the Raiders. I covered the Raiders back then. Um, I'm not a huge fan of Dennis Allen, but if he's comfortable with Derek Carr, you look at that division, and this is probably why they did it. Kyle Trask is the starting quarterback of the Bucks right now. The Panthers really don't have a starting quarterback. <laughs> I guess they wouldn't have a running back there, but, I mean, Matt Coral out of Mississippi is their starting quarterback maybe. Maybe they bring back Sam Darnold. It's not good. And then who's the other team I'm missing? Oh, Atlanta has Ritter, the young kid out of Cincinnati. He didn't do much. They're picking eight. They might pick another quarterback. Panthers are picking nine. They'll probably pick a quarterback. Saints are looking at that division, just like it was last year, was horrendous with the Bucs winning it. And they went, this is a winnable division. If we get a decent quarterback, we're going to win this division for the foreseeable future until the other teams get a quarterback. So I see what the Saints are doing. I'm just not a huge Derek Carr guy. Uh, Geno Smith got a three-year, $105 million contract with the Seahawks, which will pay him $52 million in the first year. They're front-loading the deal, which is a brilliant move by Seattle. And I know you hate the Seahawks. I get it. I'm just saying from a standpoint of Geno Smith is, what, 32 years old? Maybe he can do it again. Maybe he can't. But they're going to take the chance that he can. And then after that, the guarantees fall off. They could take a quarterback like Anthony Richardson, who was so good in the uh, so good at the combine, I wouldn't, but they could. Ran a four four three at the vertical, all the athletic ability, blah, 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 blah. But then when the tape came on, it was like, uh, that dude ain't a first-rounder. So Seattle at number five, that could be a perfect spot because then they take him, they sit him. Gino can be there for a year or two, but Gino's big money comes early, and then they're not really, if you look at the, the way that the contract is structured, then they don't really have to do anything after the first year. He's only guaranteed really the first year. And then we'll see from there. But Geno Smith, good for him. He makes $50 million bucks his first year. And he was, I'm not going to say out of the league, but he was certainly riding the bench. Uh, Brady, I talked about that. Rich Eisen show said that he could come back potentially to Miami. Lamar Jackson, tomorrow is tag day. That's it. Tag your it. Last day to do it. Will the Baltimore Ravens tag him? Yeah, if they can't come to a contract agreement, it doesn't sound like they're going to. But there's two different kind of tags. One where he makes $45 bucks and he can't touch the guy and he's just got to sign it. Another where it's uh, where they would get two first-round picks and they pay him $32 million. I can't believe the Ravens would do that one. The non-exclusive is what it's called. I can't believe the Ravens would do that one because somebody would give them two first-round picks. I mean, Atlanta would right away. The Panthers would right away. I mean, some of these teams that are desperate, I think the Raiders would at seven right away. I mean, line up those teams early that, that – and now he would have to sign with that team, but line those teams up early. Who wouldn't? The Colts would. The Texans would. 
The Raiders would, and I'm talking Texans at two, Colts at four. Hell, I think the Seahawks might at five. Seahawks have two first-round picks this year, five and 20. I mean, Lamar Jackson in a second, and I don't think the Ravens are that fr- – I think they're frustrated by Lamar Jackson. I'm not that frustrated. Uh, and then Jimmy G, and then we'll go out to some questions. Uh, the reason I put Jimmy G on there under NFL News, it sounds like – and I didn't put Rodgers' name on there, but we don't know what Rodgers is thinking. There's a split amongst it. We had a guy on who writes for the uh, Packers, Matt Schneidman, who said if Rodgers is coming back, he thinks it's going to be the Packers. News today was he, they're probably not going to be together, and it's the Jets who would be the front runners. If it's the Jets, then Jordan Love would be in, with the Packers. If it's not the Jets, Rich Semini, who writes for ESPN and is a friend of Papa's, went to Syracuse, and he's been on the beat for a long time, said the backup plan for the Jets is Jimmy Garoppolo. We've talked many times on my show on KMBR that Robert Sala is not exactly in love with with Jimmy Garoppolo, but what do you do? I mean, if you don't get Rodgers and he goes to the Packers and you're the Jets, you're not going back to Zach Wilson. You're not going to Mike White, uh, Geno Smith, which was kind of a little bit of a rumor, but was never really never really gained much traction. He's back in Seattle. So w- what are the Jets going to do? Uh, you want a veteran quarterback. They got a good defense. Bryce Hall is going to come back. They're running back out of Iowa State. They have the uh, offensive and, by the way, defensive rookie of the year. But Wilson's a really nice receiver. You just need a quarterback, really, to compete if you're the Jets. And you want a veteran. You don't want to break in another rookie. You want a veteran. So Jimmy Garoppolo possibly to the Jets is what's being talked about. But there's Jimmy Garoppolo to the Raiders as well. So that's kind of what's going on as far as the quarterback front. Daniel Jones still wants his money. He'll probably get tagged by the Giants. He's not worth it. But that's, that's the going price. There is no, there is no middle class in, in quarterbacking. You're either getting paid a ton of money or you're getting paid a little bit of money. Or you're too young to get the money. But there's not a middle class. So, like, Daniel Jones is solid. He did it for one year. I mean, he should make, like, middle-of-the-road money, but it doesn't work that way. And he's trying to get paid. All right. Uh, <laughs> let's see. Uh, Azul. Thanks, Azul. He says, uh, how much cap space do the 49ers have? Heard it was third most. What it is, Azul, is uh, the, th- the third most comes from the amount of, that they the so what happens is the cap number is around two hundred twenty million dollars and then what they do is they look back at last year and savings and all these different things and then they come out with a number that each team has so in other words not every team has the same amount the 49ers have the third most total two hundred thirty seven million dollars so they'll have two hundred thirty seven million dollars so how much ever they have but let's just suffice to say this any time and this is just a fact I've heard this from so many people I've heard this myself. I've read this. I mean, it, this is just a fact, and you should know this, and you probably already do. But the reality of a salary cap is if you can't – now, and I'm not talking about a 40 or $50 million quarterback. What I'm talking about is if you can't find cap space for somebody you really want, then you don't really want them. I mean, that's just how it goes. Uh, cap space is fluid. Uh, you could restructure contracts. Uh, guys like Fred Warner, George Kittle, Eric Armstead, you could all – you could – you can give them money now. You can drop. Uh, you can drop the number of certain guys. Nick Bosa is going to get more money, and the cap space is actually going to drop. His cap number is actually going to drop. I mean, that's just how this thing works. And you have one of the best around in Prague Marathi. So if they want to do this, now again, I'm not saying you're going to pay 25 million dollars for Khalil Mack if he comes available. But what I'm saying is, is that if you want players within a certain range, you can do it. And if you don't, then you probably didn't want that player all that much. Now, for as good as the 49ers are, I th- Emmanuel Moses comes back, that's great. You still need a corner. You don't want to – with that knee injury, you still want a corner. Uh, right tackle, what are they going to do? John Lynch has already said they can't afford Mike McGlinchey. 
In fact, this is a great time to pop this up. I'll get back to questions. Give me one minute. Let me pop this up for you. Because this will make things a lot easier for everybody. Let me pop these 49ers free agents. Okay, now here's what I did. I know this is very elementary school, all right? But I just did it by color coding. It's very simple. Red means they're not coming back. Yellow thinks uh, yellow means I think they could come back, but who knows? Green means they're coming back. To me, this is just me. All right, so Jimmy Ward at the top is yellow. Uh, his is interesting because Tashawn Gibson, if you go to the middle there, uh, Tashawn Gibson is yellow. Jimmy Ward is not coming back, at least this is what he says, to play nickelback. He wants to play free safety, and I don't like the band nickelback. But uh, So if Tashawn Gibson comes back, Jimmy Ward's not coming back. If Jimmy Ward's coming back, Tashawn Gibson's probably not coming back. So they're not both coming back. Jimmy Garoppolo is gone. Sabson Ebukam, even before uh, there were rumors that he was wanting $10 million, I just didn't see it. Emmanuel Mosley is working out at the 49ers facility. Said to be looking good. But again, I want Emmanuel Mosley back. It's just that I don't want what happened with Jason Verrett in 2021 against the Lions to happen. He gets hurt again, and now what do you got? And Emmanuel Mosley gets hurt anyway, so you got to have a good backup plan. And when I say that, I don't mean Samuel Momack. I don't mean Ambry Thomas. I mean, you got to go out and get somebody. McGlinchey, John Lynch said it was already going to be too expensive. Gone. Aziz Alshire. They got two really good linebackers. Love to have him back. He's going to cost too much. Gone. Uh, if you just tuned in, Robbie Gold, you're going, why do you have a yellow mark for Robbie Gold? Because I think some of this is posturing. I just don't think it's automatic that Gold is gone. Daniel Brunskill, they absolutely want him back, and not necessarily to start at right tackle, but they want him to be that jack-of-all-trades along the offensive line that is extremely valuable in the NFL. You know that. Asan Ridgeway is interesting. He's coming off a major injury, but he can run plug inside, and he's only 28 years old, so that's a guy I think that they'll look at. Kerry Hyder did not have a good return season. I doubt it. Tyler Croft beyond the missed block, which wasn't necessarily his fault. I don't see it. I think they they really want to upgrade at the tight end position in the offseason. Somebody legit behind George Kittle, and this is the draft to do it. If you're a draft dork like me, it's a strong tight end class and deep. Maurice Hurst, maybe, again, a major injury, but he was looking good before the injury. Gibson, I explained with Jimmy Ward. They're dependent on each other. Josh Johnson's not good enough even to be the emergency quarterback. They like Jordan Willis because of what he does on special teams as well. Ross Dwelly. I like Ross Dwelly. I just think maybe his time has run out. He's had multiple opportunities to be that legit backup tight end to George Kittle, and he's never really grabbed it. Jake Brendel, I think they want back at center. Um, he played surprisingly well. I wasn't a big guy for Jake Brendel. Jason Verrett had another devastating injury. Tavarius Moore is a really good special teamer. Would not surprise me if uh, he comes back. And then Charles Amenehu, I put in green at the bottom, and you can agree or disagree with any of these. I think they like Amenehu. He has inside, outside. If you look at that number, he's 25 years old. He's going to be 26. I don't think someone is going to break the bank on him. Now, if he turns into this year's, you know, remember last year when uh, DJ Jones got the big money from Denver? I mean, I don't think he's going to turn into this year's DJ Jones. If he does, then he's gone. I don't know anything about the off-the-field stuff with Amenehu. I do know they like him a lot. They like his versatility inside, outside, and they think he's just scratching the surface to what he can do. So if I do the greens, Mosley, Brunskill, let's see how I do on this. Willis, Brendel, and a Menahue, I think, coming back. If you wanted to push me on the yellows, I think Jimmy Ward is going to come back over to uh, over Gibson. And Garoppolo, Ebicom, McGlinchey, Alshire, Heider, Croft, Josh Johnson, Jason Red. I don't think any of these those are off. I think those guys aren't coming back. Give me your thoughts on that. So I just color-coded it. I know it's dorky, but I just color-coded that whole thing. 
to give you kind of a little bit of uh, thoughts on the uh, free agency for the 49ers. And again, quarterbacks we went over. Rams are tearing it down. We went over Brock and Gold we went over. And again, just to reiterate, those who are new, uh, Brock Purdy's surgery is expected to be Friday, which is March 10th, which is exactly six months away from the opener on September 10th for week number one of the NFL season. So you're caught up on stuff. Let's go over some more. Uh, let's see. Uh, yeah, Nick J. did nail it. Carr's agent is a magi- magician. Magician, I uh, talk for a living. Uh, you know, some of it is uh, Dennis Allen going out on a limb. I think some of it is the Saints are looking at this, this thing going, okay, they must like Derek Carr better than Jimmy G. And a lot of it is, and you're like this too in your business, if you know somebody, if you trust somebody, Derek Carr is going to be a good leader of an organization. He's going to be a good face of the franchise. He's not going to go out in New Orleans and get drunk and do dumb stuff. I mean, that's part of this thing. It's not the majority of it. But, I mean, what were they going to do? Jameis Winston, obviously Jimmy, and they they had to wait on these guys. So the big advantage that Derek Carr had here, too, beyond his agent doing great work, is he was free. You know, Jimmy Garoppolo's got to wait. All these guys that are free agents have got to wait. All these guys could potentially get traded. They were never in the Aaron Rodgers sweepstakes. So they're looking at the division, and they're saying, if we get Derek Carr, we got the best quarterback in the division. Brady's gone. Kyle Trask of the Bucs, uh, Ritter, the Ritter kid for uh, for Atlanta out of Cincinnati. He didn't do anything. The Panthers don't have a quarterback right now. Now, Atlanta picks eight, and the Panthers pick nine. So they could be dealing with rookie quarterbacks. But they're thinking, of, you know, New Orleans has a solid defense. Dennis Allen's a defensive coordinator. you got Alvin Kamara. You got Chris Olave. You got a decent offensive line. Maybe you get Michael Thomas back. All of a sudden, New Orleans going, we're going to win this division. Maybe going away. Kind of what happened last year with the, with the Bucs. Uh, let's see. Uh, Remix Channel. Good Giants question. Which Giants catchers do you think will be in the active roster? Uh, Remix Channel. Then we'll get back to some NFL. I think it's going to be Joey Bart. Uh, from what I'm hearing, and I'm going down to spring training on March 17th, the weekend of March 17th, which will be fun. St. Patty's Day down in Scottsdale. Uh, from what I'm hearing, they challenged Joey Bart both in front of the Camerons and behind. And it wasn't just about the hitting and, the, and, and a lot of improvement there. It was, hey, man. Runners are going to be running this year. These pitchers have to be confident in you. They are confident in Austin wins. What are you going to do? Um, he has responded to all of it so far in spring training. So it's not just about the stick, which is important. There's no doubt. But he's getting the confidence of the pitchers. He's playing good defense. He is playing with confidence. So I think it's Joey Bart's job to lose. That's who I think. And I don't think it's going to be Sable. I think Sable, he's a rule five pick, so he's got to stay. He's kind of an emergency type of a catcher. So I think, you know, Roberto Perez is an interesting one, but they like Austin wins. So I think it's going to be Bart wins. Sable will probably be on the roster, although, man, can give up a, uh, can give up a roster spot. He's, he's played well in the spring, but we've seen spring a million times. Guys do really, really well, like NFL preseason. And then once the season starts, like, hey, weren't you Samuel Womack? You were really good in the preseason. So you just never know. Good question, though. I appreciate it. Uh, let's see. Uh, GS Warrior uh, 707, who do you think the Niners will be doing? Uh, what do you think the 49ers will be doing in free agency? Um, I think they're going to be they're going to concentrate on an edge rusher opposite uh, Nick Bosa. Frank Clark getting released today. We talked about Marcus Davenport. I love from the Saints, but he he's going to be too expensive. I'll give you another name. Um, I don't. It, Robert Quinn had one sack this year for the Eagles. One. He had 18 and a half the year before with the Bears. Can they get Robert Quinn on a cheap deal? I mean, he's I think he's 32 years old. He's not he's not done. I mean, I don't know if he's an every down guy anymore, but is can you can you put Robert Quinn opposite Nick Bosa on third downs and on passing downs? 
and get some juice out of them? I think so. Um, they're going to try for the draft, but again, as much as we all want to sit here and say as a media, well, they do all their damage in the mid-rounds, so they don't need a first and second-round pick. Now, look, first-rounder went for Trey Lance. Second, third, and fourth went for Christian McCaffrey. I have no issue with actually any of that, even Trey Lance. Certainly not with Christian McCaffrey. They did what they did. But um, to count on a pass rusher to come in and be great that you get in the third, fourth, or fifth round, it's, it's just tough to do, to nail the George Kittles, and I'm talking about where they're getting these guys, and the Fred Warner in the third round, and a Funga, and Kittle, and Drake Greenlaw, and the, the greatness that they've done in the mid-rounds, maybe they can pull that off again. But to me, especially, a, I, I would love a veteran uh, guy opposite Bosa. Again, they're going to run the nine, wide nine, so speed guys opposite Bosa, that's what D Ford was supposed to be, a speed guy opposite Bosa to pressure on. Bosa had no sacks in the playoffs. To me, that's number one on the list. Uh, what are you going to do to replace Mike McGlinchey? I guess it's going to be Colt McKevitz. I don't love it, so I'd like to look at something there. Some people have mentioned Juwan Taylor from the uh, from the Jags. He's younger than McGlinchey. He's going to get more money than McGlinchey, so I don't think he's going to be a guy. Uh, I guess they are okay with the interior of their offensive line if they can get Jake Brendel back. And then the other position is they got to get somebody reliable, even if they get Mosley back, and I think they're going to get Emmanuel Mosley back. I think they got to get somebody reliable, and then they got to figure out safety. I mean, that's a lot for a team as good as the 49ers are, and I just mentioned Jimmy Ward. I like Ward uh, back there again. I love what he does on and off the field. He's one of my favorite guys to talk to and interview. So I would love it. Uh, I think your assessment with the color codes is right on target. I learned some stuff that I didn't think about from the breakdown. I think you're right on it. Thank you very much, Mark. I appreciate it. That's just my opinion. Um, as we get closer to the draft and then free agency, remember the heavy petting is next Monday. So we'll know. I mean, Adam Schefter will just blow all this out of the water and we won't need till the 15th. But Monday is going to be a free agency day. And so that's basically what we're going to do is we're going to look at free agency. and We'll probably know a week from now where the first wave is going. Now, let me caution you on something. And again, you're smart. You're listening to this podcast and you're listening, watching this YouTube channel. So obviously you're smart. Um, Tongue in cheek. What happens is you don't want to be that team on the first day. You know that. The teams that that are bad, and what it means is if you're spending a ton of money on free agency is you didn't draft, develop, and re-sign your guys. That's all it means. So everybody gets all excited, and this team did this, and this team did that, and this team had a bunch of money. You know who's been doing that for years and years and years? Miami, Jacksonville, the Jets, you know, all, all, mostly the bad teams. And I know that Jacksonville's starting to come out of it and all those kind of things. Miami's decent. But those teams for years and years and years were spending all this money, and everybody's all excited, and they're throwing money all around. You don't want that. You want to draft, develop, and re-sign. Draft, develop, re-sign. That way you're not on the first day of free agency. You know who's not on the first day of free agency? The Patriots and Belichick, uh, Pete Carroll and the Seahawks. I mean, the teams that have been successful over the years, the 49ers, you know, the last number of years, the teams that are not throwing their money around like me and you drunk at a bar at 2 a.m., it's just that's that's what the teams that are bad do because they, they drafted – and they didn't work out. So now what do they got to do? They got to try to make up for it in free agency. And what happens in free agency? People, guys are flawed. They just are. Guys are flawed. And all you have to pick from is what the scraps are. Normally there's something. Is it an injury? Is a guy overpaid? Uh, did a guy not live up to a prior contract? Whatever the case may be, is he not a fit for that team? There's all these different variables. And sometimes you find a guy in free agency where you go, you know what, that guy was undervalued. He fits our system, didn't fit their system. And you see that. There's, I'm not saying it's bad, but what I'm saying is, like, Terrarius Ward is a perfect example. He fit what the, the Niners needed. He fit the situation. 
He was perfect. If the 49ers can find that guy as an edge rusher, I'd love it. And I did mention, I did uh, did not mention the interior of the defensive line, and I mentioned that when I popped that up. I mean, they got guys like, uh, you know, Hassan Ridgeway. What are you going to do? Kerry Hyder, Charles Amenihu. I mean, they've got a lot of depth along that defensive line. And again, that's when in 2019 was so big. Not only did you have good players, you had depth. And the other team's like, kidding me? They just keep bringing waves of these dudes. Well, they didn't have that last year. And so the interior of the defensive line, and look, for everybody who puts up on there like a Javon Kinlaw, he is what he is, man. He's not the 14th overall pick anymore. He's not going to become a star. I mean, if he can become a rotational piece for the 49ers, that's probably what you can expect from him at this point. His knees will not allow him to be a consistently good football player. And he wasn't even that even when his knees were healthy. I mean, he would have flashes, there's no doubt. I mean, he's got power, long arms, he's got everything. He would have games where it's like, there it is. But in professional sports, you always get it. Oh, there it is. That's why he. That's why that person is in the league. Because they can do it sometimes. Can you do it every time? Can you rep it or do it more times than you don't? And he hasn't done any of that. So I don't, I don't count on him anymore. Uh, what would I do? Azul, uh, what would you do at right tackle? Uh, ugh. It's tough because they only want to spend a certain amount of money. But if you look at it again, let's go back to the Super Bowl and let's go back to the NFC Championship game. The Eagles, whether you want to admit it or not, we all can sit here and say the injuries and, the, and all that kind of stuff at quarterback. But they dominated on the offensive defensive lines. This is what they did. And for everything we can say about what Mike McGlinchey was, and he was a solid right tackle, and especially in the run game, and – Mike McGlinchey's going to be gone because he's too expensive. Jawan Taylor's another guy. He's going to be too expensive. Do you want to put a rookie out there? I mean, Colton McKivitz, I will give him this credit, and I was at the NFC Championship game covering it a couple of years ago when Trent Williams couldn't go. And No, that wasn't the championship game. That was the final game of the season and then in which it got him into the playoffs. And all of a sudden, we're looking down there, and it's Colton McKivitz, and we're like, he's starting at left tackle. <laughs> and so it went like wildfire through there, and you know what? He did it. Now, again, this goes back to what I said a moment ago. Can he consistently do it over 16 games plus the playoffs? Because what we saw in the Super Bowl was Andrew Wiley was the right tackle of the Chiefs, and he was kind of the weak link. Well, he played great. And the interior of that offensive line, which two years prior in the Super Bowl got beat up by Tampa, they drafted two guys, including Creed Humphrey, who's one of the best centers in the league. The Chiefs uh, uh, drafted two guys. Got the, got the tackles, Orlando Brown, who, by the way, is not going to be tagged and is going to be available, but is going to be too expensive for the 49ers. So, and they shored up their offensive line. I know it's not sexy to talk about, but you got to have a hell of an offensive line. And offensive and defensive lines and trenches, and you know all those things, that's where it's won. And if you can't get it done, it's going to be a major problem. So do I trust Colton McKivitz? No. But do the 49ers have enough money to go out and make a big splash at right tackle? Apparently not, because John Lynch came out and said that Mike McGlinchey was going to be too expensive for them to keep. Now, is that again, does that go back to my theory of if you really want to keep a guy, you can? Probably. Maybe they looked back at the tape and said, you know what, Mike McGlinchey just ain't getting it done well enough for the money that he's going to command. And that's probably it. They'd probably like to have him back. And they probably think that Colt McKivitz can play a similar uh, brand that uh, Mike McGlinchey did for a lot less money. So that's what I think. Hope that answered your question. Uh, Mark says, what about Tyler Heineke as a quarterback two or three? Absolutely. Now, I don't know that he's going to be a quarterback two here um, because I do think, and let's see what Trey Lance does in the offseason. I want to give Trey Lance a chance. I hope Trey Lance starts a couple games. I do. 
I want to see what he can do. I feel bad that the kid lost his job the way that he did. I always thought that he was going to take a couple of years coming from North Dakota State, throwing 319 college passes, 318, 319, whatever it was. So I hope he gets a chance. Brock Purdy, as we talked about earlier, if you're just joining the podcast or the uh, YouTube show, surgery is going to be Friday. That is the 10th of March, exactly six months away from the opening Sunday of the NFL season, which is September 10th. So he's not going to be ready, I don't believe, in time. I think Trey will get a couple of starts. So that means, as you point out, who are you going to sign for your second or third quarterback? Tyler Heineke would be good. I mean, he's a solid player. He doesn't exactly have all the right mechanics, and he's not a natural, you know, the thrower and all that kind of stuff, but he's just kind of a gamer. I mean, that's kind of the guy. I know he want, He said he wanted to play for the Packers. I could see them, you know, as if if Aaron Rodgers is gone, you back up him, uh, you back up Jordan Love with, with Tyler Heineke, who has uh, NFL starting experience. My thought would be, and this is going to be an, an entire discussion for the offseason, what quarterback is going to come into the 49ers knowing that, look, when healthy we want Brock Purdy to start, we want to see what Trey Lance is. Can you be kind of that practice squad, third string mentor type? I don't think that Heineke is at that stage of his career. Now, what's funny is, and you probably heard the same thing I did today, there was a story out there that said that Phillip Rivers, near the end of the season, contacted both the Dolphins and the 49ers, which makes sense. They were both on the third string quarterback, to see if he could get back into the league and play for them at the end of the season. Now, he was he's obviously played with the Chargers, but he's from Alabama, and he was coaching high school football down in Alabama, so maybe the season was over. I don't know. but And he's got like 19 kids. Maybe not 19, but he has like eight. And so he probably needed to get out of the house. He's like, these kids are driving me crazy. And I wouldn't have minded Phillip Rivers at the end of the season, but now restarting this whole thing, does Phillip Rivers then want to be a third-string quarterback slash quarterback coach? I mean, that's really what you're looking at, is that because the NFL is going to get that that emergency third-string quarterback, which guy is going to do that? I mean, I think Andy Dalton is too good to play that role or is going to think he's too good to play that role. He wants to be a number two. Uh, we've mentioned Matt Ryan just because he's got a connection with Kyle Shanahan. Matt Ryan didn't have a good year last year in Indianapolis, and I think he's scheduled to make $12 million bucks. They're going to release him. They're going to draft the quarterback at number four or move up. So Indianapolis is going to get that rectified. They've started a different quarterback like six, seven years in a row. But Matt Ryan's probably thinking to himself, do I want to be a quarterback coach and a third stringer and a break, you know, break glass in case of emergency kind of quarterback? I don't think so. I think the type of quarterback you're going to get I mean, I heard Baker Mayfield's name, Mason Rudolph's name. I think even Baker probably thinks he's more of a backup. Plus, I don't. The Baker Mayfield thing makes no sense to me. There's a there's a reference. There's a there's a a phrase, and I'm sure you're aware of it called talent versus tolerance. If you're really talented, we will tolerate a lot as an organization. If you're not that talented, we'll make an example of you. Look who we just released. We're not going to put up with that kind of stuff. Yeah, that guy sucks. So of course you did that. To me, Baker Mayfield is not a good guy. Um, Baker Mayfield is not a, uh, a friend of Nick Bosa's, if you remember, planting the flag against Cleveland. Uh, that's just That doesn't make a whole lot of sense. Your third string slash quarterback coach guy has got to be a guy content with holding the clipboard going, I get it, man. I know my role. I'm an older guy. I can mentor these guys. They need a veteran in the quarterback room. Now, they have Brian Greasy to do that, but I think it's different when you have a player doing it. So maybe I'm 100% wrong. Maybe they, maybe they do bring in a guy like that. Mason Rudolph makes sense. I don't think Mason Rudolph's a great quarterback, but again, you're going, oh, Mason Rudolph. <laughs> Look, I'm with you. It's just this is the emergency third-string quarterback that is going to help mentor the room. Now, Mason Rudolph, off the top of my head, is probably, what, 28, 29, maybe even not that old. 
I'm thinking about a guy who's a little bit older than that, understands the role, can mentor guys, and then if he has to play, he can play for a, a game or two, and he's not going to crush you. Josh Johnson was never going to win that game. Once Brock was out, he was out. I mean, no offense to Josh Johnson, uh, but Josh Johnson, it's got to be somebody better than that. So I'm looking for maybe a unicorn. Better than Josh Johnson, probably not as good as a Matt Ryan or even a Baker Mayfield. Where, where, Who is that guy? It's a great mystery to me. But they're going to need one. No question about it. All right. Any more? Uh, let me see. What else do we got down here? Tyler Heineke talked about that. Talked about that. Uh, happy Monday to everybody. Cool. Any more questions, comments? Again, I'll just recap everything. It is Unleashed Various Sports Talk with me, John Lund from KMBR Radio in San Francisco. Thank you for making the time for the YouTube channel. Make sure that you subscribe. And, of course, we do this on the podcast as well. Unleashed Various Sports Talk, wherever it's your favorite podcast, Apple, Spotify, and the such. The quarterback situation tomorrow is deadline day for the tag, so Lamar Jackson probably gets it. Uh, Derek Carr signs with the Saints today. Geno Smith gets a new deal with the Seahawks, 3 and 105. Carr's guarantee, I think it was closer to $100 million. Rich Eisen show saying Tom Brady could come out of retirement. Don't close the door yet, but it would probably be Miami. Didn't mention the Niners because his kids are on the East Coast. Jimmy G, Rich Semini of ESPN, our friend who often comes on the show, said Jimmy G is the backup plan for the Jets if they can't get Aaron Rodgers. Rams are tearing it down. They're shopping Jalen Ramsey, cutting Leonard Floyd, who, by the way, there's an edge guy. He's more of a stand-up linebacker type, but, you know, with hybrid, the way that defenses are hybrid, that's a double-digit sack guy if he wasn't too expensive. Love to see the 49ers look into him. Uh, Did I say Jalen Ramsey? Jalen Ramsey being shot. Bobby Wagner already released. So they're starting to tear that thing down uh, in, uh, in L.A. with the Rams. But, look, they won a Super Bowl. Uh, Brock Gold got both into those. Derrick Henry. Derrick Henry is a guy that is being talked about as being shopped as well. And somebody had said that uh, Derrick Henry to the Chiefs, it's like, cancel the season. Imagine having the threat of Patrick Mahomes and Derrick Henry in that backfield. No, 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 no. And I'd heard his name with Philadelphia too. Same thing. No, no, no. Because here's the thing, Philadelphia makes sense. Miles Sanders is going to be gone. Uh, they have another uh, one that's a free agent as well. Two of their main, uh, uh, Scott, Boston Scott's a free agent. So a couple of their running backs, they brought in uh, Derrick Henry there. Ugh, not good, not good. And here's the problem with that, is that if you're Tennessee and you're going to trade Derrick Henry, which there's rumors of, you're going to trade him in the AFC. You don't want to see him. You're trading him in the NFC. So you probably wouldn't trade him in Kansas City, but you would trade him in Philadelphia. You do not want to see that. Do not want to see that. So those are some of the rumors going on right now as far as the league. Busy day in the NFL with all those things going on. And again, just to reiterate one more time, Brock Purdy expected to have the surgery on Friday. Robbie Gold, 50-50, by the way. I think Robbie Gold is 50-50. Everybody's saying that he's gone. I don't think so. Uh, Oh, let me pop this up. Let me pop this up. You may not know this or you may know this. There's your key dates. So they have until tomorrow the windows to designate franchise or transition players. If you're watching the YouTube channel, you see this. It's one of the reasons you need to subscribe. Uh, 13 through the 15, they call it the legal negotiation window ahead of free agency. I call it heavy petting. Uh, That's a week from today. Adam Schefter will blow this thing out of the water, and we're going to know what everybody, where everybody's going to sign, at least in that first initial wave that you really don't want to be part of if you're a good team. So that's a week from today and goes through the 15th. Um, then they'll put pen to paper uh, and make it official. 1 p.m. Pacific, 4 p.m. Eastern, league year begins. Teams must be under the salary cap, trading period, free agency, blah, 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 blah. 
So then they'll actually sign uh, April 3rd teams with the new offseason with new coaches. We don't need to worry about that. Returning, we will see OTAs in the first time on April 17th. And then the draft from Kansas City, the 27th through the 29th. Uh, I haven't been to Kansas City a lot, but I wouldn't be overly excited if I was a, I don't know what, it, look, certain things don't need to be shopped everywhere. It should either be in Vegas or New York. You know, maybe San Diego because they lost their team. Put it in San Diego every year. I mean, people want to go there. I don't want to go to Kansas City, but I could be wrong. Uh, then the rest of it there. But the things you need to know, uh, the uh, franchise players tomorrow, that's going to be Lamar Jackson, and then the 13th through the 15th, which is a week from today. And that, that's Adam Schefter Day. That's Christmas. That's the new uh, league year. So there you go. <laughs> ah, Johnny, uh, which free agent kicker would John go after? It's a great question. I was looking at free agents. I was looking at free agent kickers. And let me just pop these up since you just asked, Johnny. And I'm a big fan. Uh, let's see, free agent, uh, free agent kickers, NFL. Because I was going through this with Papa today. I probably actually already had this up. But uh, it wasn't a great list. I got to be honest with you, because we were talking about it on the air, and I popped this up. So Mason Crosby, who's 90 years old. Robbie Gold. Gold is actually older. Uh, Mike Prater, who was really good with Denver, but now he's in Arizona, not as much. Greg the Leg Zerline, no thanks. Matt Gay is an interesting one from the Rams. That would be one where, again, Super Bowl winning kicker. Went to the University of Utah. He's solid. That's probably the best of the group, Matt Gay. Um, Brett Maher was the guy that got the yips with the Cowboys. A lot of people are speculating if Robbie Gold leaves, that's where he would go, Dallas. Uh, Chase McLaughlin, remember him? He kicked the ball into the uh, into the tunnel when they were playing the Seahawks. But he had a really nice year in Indianapolis. But I just think he probably couldn't come back here after that. And then there's a bunch of rookie guys. Jake Moody from Michigan. There's a few guys there. Best name on there is probably Matt Gay. He's only 29 years old. Hit 93% of his field goals, hit 28 field goals last year, uh, and all but one PAT. Let me see what his market value is, because this is what the 49ers care about. They don't want to pay Robbie Gold $5 million. What's the market value? Come on, man. The internet's got to be faster than this. I'm a professional. Uh, about $3 million for Matt Gay. That's not bad. That's not bad. I, I That might be your guy. Matt Gay might be your guy. So there you go. Or a rookie. Do you really think a rookie? Yeah, yeah, that makes me a little nervous. All right, any last questions, comments, thoughts? Really appreciate you coming out and hanging out on the uh, on the live chat tonight. Just a lot of NFL news we had to get you caught up on. If anything happens in regards to the 49ers or any big news, we'll pop on here again. But the quarterbacks, tomorrow's tag day, a lot of different stuff. Even got a Giants question in here. Appreciate it very much. And, again, anytime we pop on the live chat, just because I'm yipping about, you know, something to do with – uh, the NFL doesn't mean that that's all we have to talk about. If you want to get some Giants in, I'm going to go on the 17th. I'll have a lot of information, and I'll even do some live chats from down there. Hopefully we can get some Giants players on and pop them on the podcast and on the live show as well on uh, on YouTube. So we'll, we'll, uh, we'll do it that way as well. All right. There you go for a Monday. Hope you had a great weekend. Hope you had a great Monday. We'll see you on the show tomorrow with Papa, 10 a.m. to 2 p.m., Remember, listen on the podcast. We do the podcast version of the show, Apple, Spotify, wherever you get your favorite podcast. We do live chats all the time. I do shows Monday through Friday. We post them on the YouTube channel as well. Make sure that you subscribe. John Lund, Unleashed, Barrier Sports Talk. Thanks for hanging out on a Monday. It is Unleashed, Barrier Sports Talk with me, John Lund from KNBR Radio, only on the Locked On Podcast Network.